0: can you hear me? Yeah, no problem. Is that good? It sounds good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. So I think we can start inviting you know the speakers. Uh, maybe in three minutes later. Leo, how are you? How are you?
1: Howard, can you hear me? Oh,
2: I, I can. Right?
1: Yeah, awesome. Alright. We are waiting for other speakers, right?
0: Yeah, <laughs> I'll, I'll start inviting them uh, in three minutes. And uh, I think, you know, I see it's connection good, you know. You can hear me very clearly. Right?
1: Yeah, I can hear you clearly. Okay, great. To first and first meantime, yeah, it's first yeah, it's best, it's best time using Twitter space. I cool, I think I should turn off the microphone right now, right? Yeah,
0: I think the connection is very good tonight. Um, guys, we've been uh kicking off in 70 minutes. And uh, we will inviting the you other know, speakers soon. So just some music now, music time. Now, yeah. Leo, this is your favorite song.
1: <laughs> oh really? Well, what's that? It's a uh, moon, moon, fly me to the, fly me to the moon, right? That's right.
2: All right. Awesome.
0: Yeah, I can keep going with the Oh, we're back online. And... I uh, do <coughs>
2: probably
0: hear me. I just invite you to i a speaker. That's nice okay i have invited these other three speakers already and they are boarding so 10 minutes to go
2: and oh my
0: god i'm going to share a link to Hey Howard, can you hear me? Yeah, everyone. No, no. I think it's cool, you know. I mean, co founder team in the middle. Uh, I mean, so, this is a new Twitter space link, and I'm going to share with them.
1: Okay. What what just happened? The the link uh, the connection was broken, right? Hello. Do you, you okay? me? Yeah, I, I yeah. think the connection was broken, right?
2: Yeah, don't worry. It will be fine. Okay.
0: Yeah. Uh, I'm gonna shout in to the cellar people.
1: Hello? Hello
0: What happened? Hello. So good to hear.
2: Guys, you can hear me? Yes. Good.
0: Huh.
2: In other words. Oh.
1: Nowadays, it's really difficult since, since everyone (laughs) is, you know, based in different countries, signal may not be good,
0: right? Yeah. They say that if you, you know, die, you can, the region, the space normally, the more easy.
2: So, how's the connection? Feel good? You know. I Michael.
1: I can not hear hear you. I think yeah, it's
0: it's better right now. Sure, you can hear me, right? Yeah. Uh Michael. Uh, you can, can you, you hear Leo and? I, you know, I mean, yeah, I can hear you, but I'm going sure the connection, stopped, like, so i will be inviting you. Uh, It's normal, right? The connection is good. I can hear you. You know.
3: Yeah, I can hear you, but uh, I think your connection isn't the best. Uh, okay, so a bit like uh, the sound <laughs> party is a bit funky. Yeah, <laughs>
0: thanks for joining us. You know, I'm inviting Ming from Must Be and uh, Al from Koi. I think you know uh, they will be joining us very soon. I think I've been sharing all the links with them. Should be fine. Uh, Okay. Thank you guys for joining us. Uh, We're gonna kick off in a couple of minutes.
2: Okay, okay.
0: Okay, Ming is joining us, and uh, we have I.
2: Should it be fine.
0: Okay, Ming joins here. Um. Okay. Hello, guys. Uh, This is uh, Howard speaking. I'm from Mason, and uh, this meetup is about Connected 2049, and we're going to focus on culture impact, and I'm inviting uh, two more speakers join us. Uh, Meanwhile, apparently is listening right now, so I'm going to put him in speaker position. Guys, we do not accept... uh, speaking invitation right now. So uh, I probably will open that after, you no, know, the latest state of this meetup. Uh, stay tuned. So I'm still waiting for uh, i Mean, I just invite you to speak. Please accept the invitation. Or you can find the invite in your DM. I'm afraid, you know, still trying. Uh, We've been waiting two more minutes and we're going to kick off.
1: Hi Howard, shall we start? Oh, we are still waiting for other speakers.
0: I'll be waiting for the speakers, you know. Uh, I think it must be the main probably the you know check in for must be the official Twitter. Hello? Hello, hello.
1: Yeah, I can hear
0: you.
2: Hello, Uh,
0: Ming. I know you're checking from, you know, your Twitter, uh, your project Twitter, but I still couldn't hear you. And I just sent another invite to you, uh, private Twitter. I'm going to invite Sharuk. Maybe you can join us too. And uh...
1: yeah, um, I think. Well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I think why not just uh just uh talk a little bit, uh yeah, and waiting for other while we are waiting for other speakers, right? Hey, I'm
0: here. Pierre, I just invite you to speak too. I I know you're a friend of uh, Benjamin and I'm happy for you to join us too. I think you know the
2: connection.
1: Hey, not Leo. Very good. I I I love your your turtle. Wow, the green turtle. <laughs> oh yeah, it's uh, it, uh, I don't know where you can see my icon. It's it's a new updated icon from me, and I think if you zoom in, you can see, uh Mason dot Network on the red, uh, on on the red rocket. Uh huh. Uh, Therefore, like, <laughs> because you know we are actually doing you know the uh, bandwidth and also acceleration infrastructure, so I think we could accelerate anything. I uh, that's why yeah. we put put the rocket over the turtle to make it fast.
0: <laughs> Hello, can Hello. you hear me? You know, I need
1: to buy yes. Hello, yes, welcome,
0: I'm... man. Hi, everyone. Man, welcome. Hello. Yeah, hey, yo. hey. yeah. I think now it's much better now. Yeah. Uh, Michael, you can also say uh, you know. Uh, I mean, I think we can free speaking right now. So it's like uh, hello. It's uh, you know. Yeah. Hello. Yes, we can hear you. Okay. Hey.
2: Hello, can you hear me? Okay, cool. But I cannot yes. hear you. I don't know why.
4: <laughs> yeah, we I can hear
1: think you. It's because, I think it's because of the, the you know, our network problem. We are, we're we all located in different countries. That's why, you know, bandwidth oh, is really important. I cannot hear that's you. That's why we built.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you, you, uh, probably you can close and try it again. And we have owl uh, from K R Networks.
4: Hello, buddy. How are you? Hey, folks. Very
0: excited to be here. Okay. Hello. Great. So, I, I, yes, uh, you know, we got a couple of speakers here. You know, uh, Michael from um, Saturn Networks and Sherlock from Sherlock and Leo both are co-founders. You know, on Mason Project, and we have a main line. He's the founder CEO for Must and we. I, I think we have a. Another Hello? speaker dropped off, you know. Hello? Yeah? Hello? Uh, I think Ming has lots of in network of net connection problem. Yeah. So maybe he may lose, you, lose us today. Yeah, so I just invited Chase to speak to you. <laughs> I think next time,
1: let, let's try to, you know... To say, put put this into message network. I mean, uh, this, yeah. this is uh, <laughs> this is all about you know bandwidth and transmission problem,
0: right? Well, 100%, that's why we solve yeah.
1: this you problem. should just uh DM DM Ming and help him to solve this problem, right? For example, you should DM the Jack
0: Dawson. Oh, okay, sorry, he has the previous CEO of Twitter. You should ping the new Twitter CEO and said, "Wow, your Twitter space has a lot of problem, right? People people have to." Connect, reconnect, download do different things. So maybe you should try me Yeah, we are the new bandwidth solutions, and it can help you solve the problem. Well said, Sarok. Um, I think we can kick off. You know, so uh, thank you everyone for joining us. This is Content 2049. This is Series Meetup, right? And it's our seventh annual, uh, seventh, seventh episode. You know, Twitter Space. Uh, you may recall last time we, we discussed the uh, uh topic with the Missouri Delphi Digital and Door, you know, together. And this time we will focus on cross-chain impact. Um actually this topic catch our attention not only because you know the risk incident recently uh, on the warm home security breach, also last year, you know, the polling network thing, uh, but also because the crowd-chain interoperability is essential in crypto world right now, and because you know the you know the rapid growth of the DeFi uh, NFT uh, Web three market, so the transaction on cross chain bridges you know reach like multi billion dollars every day. So it's still growing bigger and bigger. So it's critical in our uh, you know project in our work in our daily life already. So let's find out the more today. Uh, firstly, uh, I'll be happy to introduce our speakers. Uh, we have a Michael from Seller Network, uh, he's a co-developer there.
3: Who are you, Michael? Hey, Howard, thanks for the uh, uh, introduction. And uh, uh, I'm Michael, I'm a core developer at the Satter Network, and uh, we're uh, specializing in uh, cross-chain asset and information exchange. Um, and very glad to be here to uh, talk about the, the cross-chain impact today.
0: Perfect, thank you. Uh, thank you for joining us, Michael and thank you for your support. And uh, we have uh, Al, uh, he's a founder for KOI Network. How are you, mate?
4: Hey, Art. Um Koi Network, just for those who uh, don't know what it is, is a network designed to reward people who create apps that get a lot of attention. So we have a native token that's rewarded based on attention.
0: Space connection. Okay. Uh, We're back again. Uh, We're back again. Hello, guys. Can you invite me to be called? Okay, that's great. I'll, oh, I'm putting it the... Okay, cool, guys, you're coming. <laughs> sure, can't believe that. Yeah. I got two requests to Leo. I'll
1: oh. uh, I think I can speak. Guys, I think you guys can hear me right.
0: Yeah. Very well. I said coming and um Sorry,
4: Al. Uh, Could you uh, reintroduce your project, I think? Sure. Uh, So I'm Al, and I run the Koi Network. Uh, Koi is an ecosystem designed to content creators and app developers based on the amount of actual traffic that their content gets. We uh, mint a new token when people get traffic, and then we distribute them to help them deploy their apps onto our system uh, and cross-chain. I'm That's very cool. happy to say that we just got a test account from Mison as well, so we are planning to start implementing some CDN features quite soon. <laughs> yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, we spoke a couple of times with your your team as well, so we look forward to that. And uh, yeah, and uh, Leo, I-, I think you, you can, uh, yeah, you can introduce yourself something. Sure, yeah. sure.
1: Yeah, thanks for having me, Hor. Um, nice to meet you guys. Um, I'm from I- I'm from Mason Network. I'm the uh, a uh, uh, call builder um and, and uh, what we uh, what we are doing is actually uh, we try to build uh, a bandwidth infrastructure uh, with uh, crypto um, token uh, crypto uh economy uh, so we try to provide a bandwidth uh to every people who need it um, so basically um you know, uh, I think it's infrastructure layer. So no matter it's Ethereum, Bitcoin, or Defi NFT, they all can uh, build their transmission layer over us. So that's what we do. Thank you.
0: Thank you, Leo Yang. Thanks for all for being here. Uh, you know, for this meetup, we focus on the cross-chain pact. We discuss something. You know, I'll bring a couple of questions, and uh, you know, for all to discuss and you know, debate. So if you have, if you have any questions for another speaker please also feel free to ask. So, uh, you know, give everyone's different from, from project and in the background. So firstly, uh, I would like to invite you to speak, to, you know, share some stories that, uh, you know, your background in the current fee, it could be your opinions, uh, your plan, or your best, uh, you know, scenario case, you know. So this will help our audience understand more about your project. So how about we start from you? How you think about the cross-chain uh, impact? anything would you like to share with us?
1: Uh sure. Um, question uh, is a really interesting topic. Uh, but, uh I think most uh, audience are not um familiar with with, with this um technology. So, uh, uh um, so I, I want to share a little bit about the you know principle. What indeed happened um uh, inside this cross-chain? Actually um actually it's not that difficult um i, I would take his example like for example right, two users one user like have tokens of bitcoin so he want to transfer to user b while b while b you know want to uh you know transfer back uh the, the ethereum uh so they, they want to exchange basically the assets on two um public chain um so, um, so 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 um, what happened is like all these transactional data are saved on the on the mining devices or mining nodes on each chain um, as uh, they are maybe uh, stored in files or database or whatever they are so basically the te- what happened is that um, um, the, the files need to be exchanged and saved and synchronized on different chains um so um what I think what what Mason can can do um inside this is like we are trying to help projects to tra- transfer data you know from one project to uh, the other so they are exchanged as long as they exchange data and and so we could help yeah
0: Thanks for sharing you know and uh... Well, and um, Michael, I think thinking you know there's a lot of things you know you guys are doing regarding the current chain, you know, technology solutions. So, uh, would you like to share with us more?
3: Yeah, sure. Um, yeah, so we built this thing called a uh, Sea which is a cross chain asset and uh, soon to be information uh, exchange protocol. Uh, so basically, what we do is we. Um, so currently within the realm of uh, EVM compatible chains, we're able to uh, f- like move assets around. So basically if say you have uh, um, a token on like Ethereum, you can uh, move it to Polygon or BSC or Avalanche or like all, pretty much all the uh, EVM compatible chains. Um, and um, so I'm looking at the uh, our, our analytics dashboard here and uh, we have a total transaction volume of about uh, 3 billion dollars. And every day like people are moving around uh, a few, uh, I think it's like around 40 million dollars worth of assets uh, among all the uh, EVM chains. And uh, uh, yeah, so basically like we solved the issue of uh, uh, like let the assets uh, flow freely among all the EVM chains. And uh, very soon we're gonna uh, release our interchain messaging uh, framework. Well, it's, actually, it's, it's already on testnet, but we're going to release it on mainnet so that you can not only just uh, move the assets around, but also call like smart contracts on other chain from, uh, so you don't have to like switch uh, between chains on Mattermask anymore. You can just uh, um, say, I want to buy this token on this like other chain and from this, like my home chain kind of, and then uh, our uh, protocol is just going to help you bridge your uh, in, like instruction over and then bring the token back to you. So that's uh, our goal. Uh, within this year, so yeah, uh, that's a brief uh, introduction of what we do and like what we achieved. Mm-hmm.
0: Right. Thanks for sharing. You know, um, I'll. The how? What do you guys do? You know, for this uh, chain, like technology, or you know, how you benefit the crypto world.
4: So we're really interested in ways that you can do things off-chain and then bring them back on-chain. So bridging is one great example of this. um, There's also a lot of really interesting applications around Oracle services. So one thing that we do right now, uh, mostly actually like our largest focus is using storage networks like Arweave and Filecoin and then bridging them to connect them to Ethereum, Polygon and kind of the traditional chain. Um, So we have a standard of NFTs that we've developed for decentralized storage called the Atomic NFT standard. And we take this atomic NFT standard, which is all stored on the storage chain, and then we wrap it into other networks so you can sell the native asset and the actual little piece of storage. So if there's actually a media file on the storage layer, uh, we allow you to sell and trade those directly. Right. Um,
0: thanks for your input. So I think you know um, we probably will. So anyone got anything to add yeah right so we come to the, the second equations, like you know how what you um thought about you know the cross-chain uh bridge you know versus like a Cosmos, because um, i think Cosmos they already got like an inter chain communication protocol and uh, um you know the difference between this uh, bridge technology and with the, what the public is doing already H- how do you think about this uh, difference between them and uh um, yeah, we, we can go. We can start with uh, Michael. Hello? Yes,
3: yeah, sir. Sure. Yeah, yeah, sure.
0: Yeah, um... Sorry. sorry, Yeah. So, you know, help us to understand more about the uh, new technology. And because uh, from my point of view, it's like uh, Cosmos, they already do like some IBC things. So, uh, mm-hmm. what's the unique price and how you can, what's the difference between this public change with you guys?
3: yeah uh so i think uh, I, I guess i want to just like do a little bit of a summary of uh, uh, three types of cross chain uh technologies i've seen so i would i would probably like categorize it as uh, uh like how the verification is done for the cross chain events so from the most secure to the uh least secure i guess um uh, so so, so, so the, for the mo- most secure i think it's um uh, what actually what we did with the Seabridge uh, version one. So we actually did an uh, atomic, uh, we'll call it like atomic swap or like a hash time lock based atomic swap uh, between two parties. So basically you can verify uh, like the uh, transfer locally. So like you don't have to rely on any kind of like third party or any sort of like consensus. It's just like between you and the other party on another chain. So basically you kind of like lock your assets on, on one chain and then you release it uh, on the other. Um, like a bit basically like mutually the two parties mutually lock their assets on the each uh, corresponding chains and one of them uh and, and the uh, uh, the issuer or like the the initiator is going to like uh, unlock the asset and then the other party is going to use the same um reviewed key to unlock their asset so it's like uh completely trust free completely like a verification locally verifi- verifiable uh, cross chain so that's like the, the most extreme or like the most secure uh, way of doing cross chain. Uh, the the limitation is that the, uh, the the liquidity is kind of like limited. So basically, uh, you kind of rely on the other party to have the liquidity. So like if once like your uh, cross chain amount exceeds a certain uh, limit, say like a uh, million dollar or so, like it's it becomes hard to find the counterparty who is able to like uh, uh, do the do the like mutual locking for you. So that's like uh, the most secure or or like most. Um, trust-free way, uh, trustless way of doing cross-chain. And like somewhere in the middle, you have this um, like IBC where it's um, the two uh, the two chains kind of like mutually run the like lines of each other. So then you can like verify the, uh, uh, the consensus. So, like you can verify that the blocks are uh, indeed containing the cross-chain uh, requests uh, from each other. So, but it's built at the consensus level of of the of the corresponding chains so like it's uh, you don't have to trust any third-party chain or like any third-party uh service for for the cross chain uh, verification you can like the chain does it, it itself so that's what uh, Ibc and the polka dot uh, xcmp does i believe um so uh, that's like somewhere in the middle and uh, uh and- and the, the other extreme is that you just rely on the third party for the uh, verification. So, and there's like slight difference. There is like a spectrum of uh, uh, trustlessness, I guess, uh, of of the third approach. So for us, for like the Seabridge the version two, we actually use a uh, decentralized proof of stake and uh, tender mint based relay chain to do the verifications. So basically you, you, you kind of like trusting this chain, like uh, to uh, trust the, this like decentralized party of validators to uh, verify the cross chain exchange. And of course there's like the, the very extreme of like the very trust base is like you, you just rely on, on an exchange, right? You can just uh, send the funds to an exchange and hope it's going to get the funds back on another chain. So that's what most so like exchange based uh, bridges do or like the most, uh, the centralized uh, bridges do, So yeah, that's like the summary of uh, all the three uh, different models of doing cross chains. And uh, they have, they're like, a, uh, each have, have their trade-offs, right? You have the liquidity problem with the most trustless way or, and you have the uh, uh, security problem with like relying on third party chain and re- relying on like, of course, relying on exchange. So uh, there's like balance and trade-off uh, between all the uh, are decisions. Yeah.
0: That's very insightful. Thank you, Michael. And, uh, you know, Al, I know you, I mean, you built uh, with a Weave and uh, you said that you work with the Polygon too. So how do you view this kind of, you know, um, the public chain and with this, uh, you know, the how you guys involved with the, you know, course chain thing? I think he's out. Okay, so I mean, uh, Leo, do you have anything to add for this? Uh, your understanding for this uh, public chain, you know, uh, Cosmos about uh, like you know Polkadot and you know the the Cosmos Cambridge technology. Uh, yeah, um,
1: from, from, from my point of view, it's like, um, just as Mike said, uh, there are all, uh, pros and cons of different ways of doing uh, cross-chain, but uh, basically, if you look at what happens under the hood, it's actually kind of data exchange and the synchronization of two chains. Um, if you uh, say from one point, people try to do it in a decentralized way, right? Uh, all, the, all the like all the script, all, all, all the programs, they try to execute it on, you know, a trustful mining nodes. This it, is a uh, decentralized the way of doing, uh, um, say, cross-chain exchange. And on, on the other hand, um, you, you try to do it uh, in, in, a, in, a, in a fashion of a middle way. It, it, that's usually what people do, right? Uh, you, if you want to exchange something, you have a middle one to trust, um, and that that's an easy way, but it's you know there are problems over the the, the, uh, the, the trust um, part. So um, and so um, uh, so that uh, from one point um, you know from, from the like uh, from one point, if you want to do it in a decentralized way, you have to get support. Say say uh, let me take an example. If say people want to do a uh, a Cosmos chain, as a Cosmos is a, a public chain. And they want to um he um that um is aims to do exchange uh between different chains decentralized uh, in a decentralized way. So they got to do a new chain, say Cosmos Hub, to do exchange. But um uh, but it's not a, it's not that easy to do it a fully decentralized way. Uh, because from 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 the decentralization way, you got to say um uh, I will take example say so Ethereum and. Uh, Bitcoin chain and these two chains, uh, if you really want to do in a uh, you know decentralized way, um, and so for example, if you A want to transfer some Bitcoin to B and on Bitcoin, uh, public chain, but you have to guarantee that, uh, the same amount, of money must be transferred back on Ethereum chain. I mean, um, so from my point of view, that that have have. Uh, if you really wanted to build a third-party chain to do it all in decentralized way, you have to get the support both from Bitcoin and Ethereum because you have to have a chain to observe uh, the other chain's data. I mean, finally, um, um, you can you can build it, but but it's it's, it's not that easy. But um, from other, uh, from the other end, say uh, people are trying to build uh, in a, a middle middle middleman. Uh, fashion uh, like, like what I have seen a, a, a lot of like uh, projects are trying to build this way. Uh, for example, they, they try to uh, save all the data, save all the exchange data over like Finecoin or Weaver over our uh, Weave. As I have seen, uh, some projects are doing this uh, uh, cross chain. Um, so, what they do is like they write all this exchange data over our uh, or Finecoin, and because our Weave it's basically a decent a decentralized storage so that all the transaction uh, can be uh can be verified by other people because it's over uh, over the files are over like uh, decentralized storage the transaction can be easily verified by different people uh but um but as um as just uh, mike mentioned if say the middleman uh, go away or has some bugs, there may be uh, um, you know, there may be you know, uh, issues inside. Yeah.
0: Thanks, Leon. Yeah, i uh, just just have a uh, back, you know, so uh, you said that you guys been uh, working with, uh, we've, I uh, think, you know, also, you know, working with the Polygon, so how you actually been, you know, involved with this uh, cross-chain, cross-chain, you know, thing. I mean, how are you to deal with the different chains, uh, What you guys will be Um, you
4: know, doing and, uh, you know. So the thing that keeps coming up, I think, um, that most of the other people here have said is that it's all about decentralizing the bridge and having lots of validators to actually sign and, you know, send those transactions. So what we do is we actually provide those validators as a service. So we have uh, kind of a collection of nodes now. We've got uh, 30,000 people pre-registered who want to basically do these kinds of operations for you. And we've built out kind of an infrastructure for storing a lot of that information and transmitting it between those devices. Um, So we're very excited about this idea of like you know it's basically always lock and mint, right? So you lock on one chain and you mint on another chain. Um, And we're very excited about trying to decentralize how that's done because it seems like the only way to make sure people continue owning their content. I think uh, if you've seen Vitalik Buter in tweets lately, he's very anti-cross chain. Um, I think because he realizes it's an opportunity to uh, potentially have a lot of duplication of different assets in crypto. So if, um, let's say, if if you wrap your Ethereum asset into Polygon, um, and then, you know, Polygon has an underlying problem, the asset that was wrapped into Polygon can be unlocked on the Ethereum side, and somebody can run off with it, because, you know, Polygon n- isn't necessarily safe for whatever reason. Uh, not saying Polygon's not safe, we love Polygon. But the the main risk there being that if you have these assets where you're minting multiple different copies, you have to keep really, really, really close eyes or or like a close watch on them. Otherwise, they could just run off. And then you might have two copies of that same, you know, multi-million dollar NFT out there, Um, which I think really, really it'll really devalue the whole industry if we can't handle that properly. You know, we really just, we need to have tons of validators for these bridges. Otherwise, everything gets very risky.
0: Yeah, I mean, so are you doing something like the cross-chain, like you know, bridge technology? Because uh, you know, certain networks they do this kind of you know bridge thing to you know to swap the token a different chain. So how you guys deal with that?
4: So we don't really do uh, token bridging at the moment. We mostly are focused on NFTs. But uh, what we currently do when we wrap things onto Ethereum is we treat the storage network uh, specifically Arweave as the master copy. So we uh-huh. say like, okay, your image, are we? that's the master copy. And so that master copy will stay on our weave forever, but when we create a voucher for you that you can go trade on exchange. And that voucher that we create is what our bridge basically does for you. Um, so you can get a yeah. point of you know, sign your voucher proving that it's real. You can take that information to your own. Um, and If you don't use it for long enough, then eventually I think set it up to expire as well so that you revert back to the other
0: side. Okay. Yeah, I lost, the, you know, the latter part, but yeah. So, okay, let's move to the next question. So like, you know, some people think exchanges themselves are the best cross-chain bridges because uh, there are the main exchange already that provide, provide all kinds of uh, uh, cross-chain exchanges, swap service, you know, and keep growing. So what, what you guys think about the exchanges position in this cross-chain impact, you know, are they going to kindly will replace the cross-chain bridge thing? Uh,
3: Michael? Uh, I don't think so. In fact, uh, I think it's quite the opposite. If, uh, uh, if yeah. I think people are, like, uh, remember the Binance, right? Like between the Binance Smart Chain and like other EVM chains, they actually had like what they call official bridge or like Binance supported bridge. And they actually like... Uh, it's due to, like, regulations and, like, concerns of, like, uh, uh, all the uh, regulations, right? They actually turn it off and they shut it off and, like, recommended uh, Seabridge and another, like, uh, any swap has their, like, replacements. So, yeah, so uh, I think, like, whenever, like, you involve exchanges, like, centralized exchanges, you always have this, like, concern of regulators coming in, and, like, they have this, like, KYC, ML, all the, all the travel rules, or, like, whatever, like, all those uh, um, concerns, right? So, uh, yeah, even though, like, in the short term, it seems like exchanges, they have pretty low fees in terms of moving in and out, and usually they're very reliable, uh, but I think, like, the, uh, uh, there's still, like, concern of uh, the, them being, like, too centralized, and you have to, like, uh, it's especially like if you want to actually like transfer uh, like significant amounts, usually you're subject to delays and like a script transition, right? Like they, they're gonna sometimes even ask you to like take a picture or like whatever, like uh, reviews, right? So it's like, if you don't want to go through the hassle then obviously uh, exchanges are not the, the most optimal way for many use cases. So uh, I wouldn't say like exchanges gonna like actually uh, threaten any of the cross chain, right? business or like the cross-chain projects Uh, I mean they're like good supplements and they're like uh, very good for uh, many use cases but uh, I don't think uh, I don't think they're I don't think they're going to replace the cross-chain bridges. yeah
0: yeah thanks very much and Leo
1: oh yeah uh, I think um, um, as Mike just mentioned a lot of people are using exchange because of the low fees they could uh, as uh, most of the traders are doing frequent, frequent uh, trading of different assets. I think that that's why people uh, are, are trying especially uh, those um, uh, frequently traded um, uh, assets one uh, um, advantage of uh, say um, decentralized uh, cross-chain um, technologies that um, uh, because uh, maybe you want to transfer a very large amount of of assets to other chain um, uh, or for other, maybe, uh, maybe other reasons you want it. Uh, you do not trust the the, the um, central uh, exchange system. So you, you, you may want to try to do that way, but uh, basically um, under the hood, uh, people are like exchange all these uh, data between different chains. Um, uh, they, um, you know, they need to have uh, a lot of uh, uh, validators of uh, doing the validation if they really want to do it securely just um, um uh that, that's why you know we we, we mess on um uh, want to uh, help all these kind of exchange because um uh, for example if if you just have two chains and uh it, it's like uh two data exchange between two chains but if you have like 10 it's from mathematical view it's like um uh, it, it, um, more than like 10 exchange. If you if you have 10 chains, they all want to have exchange data between others. Then you're going to have a lot of data transmission. Uh, that's why we, we come in and we help to transfer all these trans, uh, transaction data uh, and, and to make it more easy for people to do verification. Um, uh, um, I think, Um. you know, after all, I, I mean, um, they, they They. have uh, different... You know, pros and cons. Um, um, that, that, that's you know, I think they they are all very uh valuable. Yeah.
0: Thank you, Leon. Ah, uh, it seems you quite agree with uh, Michael. You know what he says about uh, how how you think about this uh, you know, exchange. Because uh, I'm not from the technical background. So from um, your point of view, how should we how should we deal with the uh, like the you know exchange thing and Cause champ breading. You know, how how you view how what's
4: your view about that? So I think the real limitation there is still going to be the number of validators that you have. Um, and so if you have an exchange that's essentially run exchange, you have no idea how many people or how many different devices they have replicated these keys across. So it could be quite possible, depending on the exchange and like how advanced they are, that they've got all of the funds on the entire exchange in one wallet. Um, this has happened recently with a number of pretty high-profile hacks, and they lost, you know, hundreds of millions of dollars in a few of these cases. Um, so really, the only way to fix that is you have to have these uh, multi-signature wallets that lock up all of the funds. And before you mint something on another chain, you have to be absolutely certain that it's not going to end up getting duplicated. Um, exchanges kind of are a bit of a risky way to do that, I would say.
0: Okay, that's very interesting. Um, well, uh... If you guys have anything to add, you know, just feel free to speak. So we will move to the third question, side, Because uh, I I read an article, you know, I think it's from uh, Vitaly. You know, he thinks that the future is a multi-chain rather than cross-chain because I, I think he has some concerns about the cross-chain security issue. So so there's something I would like to uh, understand, like how hacks attack the cross-chain bridges. Um, what solutions? Uh, should we tag when there's a security breach when when you use the you know, a cruise chain technology. So uh, how about we start with that, Michael?
3: Yeah, sure. Um, I think that's like a little bit of exaggeration from Vitalik and I guess that's like, uh, his views are like more aligned with the interest of uh, the Ethereum ecosystem. And obviously he wants like uh, Ethereum to kind of encompass all the, uh, the sc- security. So like all security is kind of like anchored upon the Ethereum main chain. I think that's like uh, in line with his like view of uh, his su- supporting, his like su- uh, supporting of uh, um, the layer twos and all the rollups and all that. So yeah, it's understandable that he, ha- he has this like, uh, uh, saying, like, that the future is, uh, multi, uh, is multi-chain is multi instead of, like, cross-chain. But actually, like, I think that's, like, really just a little bit of, like, exaggeration because, um, I mean, he talks about, like, 51% of tax and all that. But in, in reality, like, you, all the cross-chain bridges, they have, like, security. Uh, it has, like, some some kind of, like, security boundaries. So, like, we, so, for example, like, when we do the cross-chains between uh, Ethereum and, say, Polygon, we actually wait um on both chains to like for the uh, the number of safe, safe blocks right so like for example we wait for like uh, 12 blocks on Ethereum so that the uh, probability of like Ethereum getting a 51% attack for like 12 blocks it's very low right and it's like, there's like there's like huge economic uh, like uh, cost for for such a great uh, 51% attack. And the same with the Polygon I actually wait for like uh, close to a hundred blocks of Polygon in case it gets like rolled back and all that. So yeah, there's like, obviously it's not like uh, perfect but it's all like probabilistic. And it's just that like it, it, if you want to take the risk or like if you want to take more of the, like the convenience side of things. So um, yeah, he has a point but like we don't like necessarily agree 100% on that. Uh, and speaking of the hacks, uh, of the recent hacks, right? Uh, so all of them uh, are involved some kind of like a, a software bug. And um, for example, like uh, in the swap case, they, they used like an outdated uh, crypto library, which exposed the, uh, like accidentally exposed the private key by like uh, reusing one of the uh, uh, crypto primitive values. So that's kind of unfortunate, but uh, it's, it's something like uh, avoidable, right? So um, and in terms of, like the uh, Solana, it's uh, the wormhole. It's, it's more of like a, uh, it's also like a, they had uh, a software bug and which went unnoticed when they went online and I think it the, the problem became worse because like on Solana like most projects like kind of enjoy the uh, uh, the convenience of being like closed source and like people don't actually ask for the uh, smart contracts or the, the the programs to be open source and now they're kind of like uh, like but, uh, shoot to themselves in the foot by just like keeping closed source for so long. And now they have this like, huge, uh, uh, like, huge hack happening. And very luckily, like they have jump trading back then. So yeah, that is uh, something like a, uh, like a constellation reward, I guess. Uh, but anyway, so um, I think, uh, yeah. So the, uh, aside from like software bug, you know, which would obviously require more like auditing and like more pairs of eyes watching all the protocols. And we're actually like, in in, in the seller's case, we have, um more of like alert system and like more rate limit system uh, when we do the cross-chain uh, bridge. So basically we we, ha- we we like watch very closely of all the on-chain balances of all the chains. And like, if we see something very suspicious, we're actually gonna just like uh, uh, delay the transfer and also uh, even like sh- uh, pause the bridge. So this is like not uh, centralized per se because we can like pause it uh, like the governance and then there's no like fund like we we cannot take your money away we can just like pause the bridge and say like we're going to investigate if we suspect like some hack is happening and even like in the normal uh, day of operations we have uh, like pretty reasonable rate limits so like even uh, if there is a hack or like software bug or like a contract bug uh, you're not going to lose all the tvls Uh, that's not happening so like you're going to only gonna lose a couple of millions, or, and that's it. So like that, that's the amount we think that's reasonable for like. Uh, um, I mean, that, also obviously it's gonna depend like our if we if our like daily transaction volume g- grows up, we're probably gonna raise that uh, limit a little bit. But uh, it's still like not like losing all kind of situation. So yeah, that's like the alert system and like the uh, red limit. We we think that's like very important for the uh, cross chain bridges, and we obviously don't wanna see like a hundred million dollar hack or any, anything north of that. So that's like unreasonable. So yeah, uh, that's our uh, point of view. Yeah. Yeah. Thank
0: you, Michael. Seems you have very high standard of security. You know? And Leo, I think you from the technical background, I said, I'm not sure how you, if you understand even uh, how hacks will be doing you know, to steal money from like, you know, the cold chain bridges, it's, uh, how they're going to attack this thing. And um, what's your view about that?
1: So uh, I think, yeah, as Mike has uh, mentioned, um, yeah. Some so, some problems are from the uh, bugs of softwares, um, uh, but some I think are from um, are, are from humans. It, it's, maybe they are intentional, but nobody knows why, right? I think. Um. It, 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 um I think. Um. Uh, uh, this. Um. Question. Um, um. I think. Uh. How to. How to answer it? Uh. Yeah. I think. Uh. Uh. So uh, the question. I think. Um how can we split away the human part? So how can we, like, uh, can we, or, or the question is, can we in the future, like, uh, um, limit this security only into the, the program level? And uh, that's what I think uh, exchange is different from uh, cross-chain technology, right? Um, because, um, for example, if you have a centralized exchange uh, platform, Maybe they could, because they have the permission to do everything, right? They can change the code. They can change the, uh, maybe they even can change, you know, there are some attacks from the JavaScript. I mean, nowadays, uh, all, all, the, all, the, all the people, all the clients are using their web browser to do the DeFi to the exchange. Maybe they could even have some programs, maybe programmers that maybe they could uh, change the JavaScript code. I mean, that even can do attack to your wallet, right? And nobody knows, but can we can we avoid all these kind of human uh, intentional or uh, attacks? Uh, I think that, that that's that's a uh, um, very important uh, aspect. Um, um, and um, as as uh, uh, I wanted, um, so I wanted um, um, say um, that there are different levels of attacks. Um, um, there may be bugs in the contract, there may be. Uh, but what we really want to do in Messen is that we want to keep sure that the best infrastructure layer is secure. Uh, that's one uh, reason why we built Messen. We wanted to build a best infrastructure transmission layer that to keep the transmission layer, um, you know, without any uh, intentional attacks. Um, so yeah, that, that's, that's my point of view. Great.
0: Great, right? yeah, yeah. So well, you know, we needed to like uh, set up a really high standard for this kind of a security thing and he uh, said what we would you do in so from your point of view, so I could, uh which you guys really would do when you're you know, because of your business is involved in a lot of the cross chain thing. So if there's a like security breach, how are you gonna deal with that?
1: Sorry, uh Oh, know, not, sorry, with signal is not good. Can you repeat
0: question? I, you know, uh, this question is about Al, you know, like, um, I, I wanted to know how he's going to deal with uh, that security breach, if there's a security breach, you know, so, well, Um, don't know. I see today's connection really cool. So... Uh,
4: yeah, I we, think my like, uh, my connection's yeah. dropped out for a time. Um, The thing that we say with, like, everything that we're doing with Koi, it's all about having just, like hundreds and hundreds of validators. So you can even use somebody's mobile phone to be a bridge validator because most bridge validators don't need to run a full node themselves. They just have to have access to some validating information. Um, so our goal is to have a lot of these cross-chain bridges have you know, not five validators or three validators or 10 validators, but you know maybe a thousand. Um, and if you get to that point with some of these kind of multi-signature uh, formats that can be implemented, you can actually pretty much take away all of, you can abstract away all of the human error from these kinds of situations. Um, the big problem there, of course, is that your code still has to actually work. Uh, so what we're trying to do on that front is that we're making templates and trying to work on getting them audited by kind of reputable audit shops. Um, so we built the template for something like a bridge contract, and then we issue that uh, to our community so that they can build with something consistent that they know has been checked and worked over.
0: Yeah, you say that because there's a 100 other validates. so it's it's like kind of an impossible for that hacks to, you know, to break the system, The network. Yeah, it's
4: just it's hard to imagine that many people getting uh, compromised simultaneously. Um, and then you know the other side of it, of course, with the Solana wormhole hack, there was like just a massive underlying bug. Uh, they had a, a library in Solana that didn't verify the uh, the signatures were coming from the correct wallets, so this guy was able to mint himself like eighty thousand ETH or rapid ETH on the Solana side. Um, yeah. That is just a failure of raw primitive. So that was that was a bug that should have been found like a long time ago. And in yeah. fact, the bug had been fixed. It was actually uh, in the process of being deployed, I think when the attacker exploited the chain. So it was something where somebody was just watching the GitHub and saw that there was a change, and then they went and exploited it and were able to walk away with uh, the whole 80,000 ETH, um, which is pretty nuts. So I mean, if you're not active on <laughs> GitHub, it's a great argument for being active on GitHub.
0: Yeah, that's quite like a similar situation like what it may have because we had over 30,000, you know, global nodes. Leo, uh, I'm not sure if, you're from, you know, the like the Zendesk, if you can see any like the people attempted to, you know, try, knock us out, you know, and want to get some like a, uh, you know, tested token. Sorry, uh, can you repeat your Yeah, question? I mean, if there's anyone attempted, to, you know, to try to like the, you know, uh, uh, like the hacker us you know because uh, i think they'll make some token some tokens tested tokens even valuable now so is there anyone attempted to do like yeah, this kind uh, of yeah
1: yeah yeah we, we i like we, we they find, could be
0: successful you know
1: um you know from at the present yeah we have um you know in, 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 because we are still in test rec 2.5 uh in, in the previous uh year there were all several attacks happened to our uh network uh but we you know Currently, have more than thirty, uh, uh thirty thousand nodes globally running. Uh, so I think it's um, you know, we have fixed some bugs. It's more, uh, it's more and more difficult to attack it right now. Um, yeah.
0: <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> Great. Yeah. So yes, I mean, uh, I have a one last question left, you know, about the crawl chain governance. You know, because the because chains, there's different chains, right, and there's consensus. Uh, I mean, the chain's data structure, uh, transaction process and logics are very different from each other. So how to guarantee the transaction automatically is critical. So what's your best suggestions regarding cross-chain governance? I I would like to, you know, uh, speakers, you can share with your opinions how to, you know, what will be the best, uh, you know, cross-chain governance in your opinion.
3: Uh, Michael, maybe. Yeah, sure. Uh, I think that's like a pretty open-ended question, and um, uh, it's—I don't think it actually has been like well, uh, like established yet of a like cross-chain governance standard. And we actually, like uh, this year, we actually, will try to like uh, uh, do some kind of exploration with our partner projects in, in this regard. So, like, uh, how can you? Uh, the, how can like cross-chain um, governance be done? And so like we have this framework of uh, the the Saturn interchain messaging framework already uh, built. And it like if uh, like if we want today like it's very it's already like pretty simple to just uh, say uh, well I have say for example is um, so for example I have like this like whatever tokens for example sushi on like Polygon right and they want to participate in governance on so Ethereum I, I can actually uh, like, use the interchain messaging system to to bridge over the sushi and automatically, like, do it to like cast a vote or something. And then, um, and that's pretty simple, right? But we think, like, it, maybe it's like more, uh, there's like more to it than just like simply bridging over and casting a vote. So, for example, maybe you can have like different weights for. Different chains, or like uh, you can like assign like quota or like uh, uh to to the different chains. So yeah, um, I think it's still pretty early to, to say what the uh paradigm would be, and uh, we're actively exploring, and we welcome like partners to coming and discuss like uh, uh proposals and solutions with us. Yeah.
0: Okay, so have you noticed that uh, you know like two big chains, like for example like Polygon like and Ena, they've been in touch about like that kind of, you know, the governance, I'm not sure if it's going to be unified, you know. Have you noticed such a kind of a dialogue going on? Um,
3: yeah, we're, like, we're in active discussion with, like, uh, multiple partners regarding, like, how they're going to, how they think about, a cross-chain governance, and, uh, and maybe there will be some kind of a standard coming out of this discussion, so. Uh, okay, so
0: a, a you think it will be a standard or you think it's going to be a product, you know?
3: Uh, it's still hard to say, I guess, because uh, like maybe there will be a standard, but it's hard to say like whether everyone's going to follow it because every project will have like different uh, uh governance models. For example, like even in in the seller's case, we have like two models of uh, governance already, right? We have uh, just a little bit more introduction of uh, our architecture. We have this like Cosmos Tendermint based uh, relay chain, which is itself uh, it's, yeah. it's not like it's actually a sovereign chain because we actually do a little bit like, uh, it's kind of like the, the polygon architecture where like the staking is done on Ethereum and then we kind of like map the stake over to uh, to the Cosmos side of things. So uh, we actually have two like layers of governance. So like for the most important parameters, we actually do uh, on-chain voting on, on Ethereum. So it's more expensive and we expect like less participation. So like only the the, 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 the like the stakeholders who I like, care the most is going to participate in that level of governance. But for like more uh, frequent, uh, Governance. So, for example, like uh, listing a token on the on the Seabridge uh, or like adding a new chain, we actually do. Uh, cosmos-based governance, so like all the validators are going to have the voting power, and people like the, add the voting power by delegating to the uh, validators. But the delegation is done by Ethereum. But then uh, the governance is actually carried uh, out on, on the Cosmos side of things, on, on the Cosmos chain, and uh, the the validators are going to participate in governance every once in a while. Like when we want to add a token or like add say I like could a, a farming session for a particular token or that. So. Yeah, that's like our model of like kind of like heterogeneous governance across Ethereum and the Cosmos uh, chain. So, uh, but we don't think that's going to be this is going to be standard because this is like very particular to us and this is like a very uh, custom built and specialized. So, uh, when I, when I talk about sushi, it's more of like a, I think because sushi is like the well known like cross chain uh like uh, dax protocol which has real governance and has like a very good participation from its very beginning right so uh and people obviously like uh, currently they, they still have staking only on ethereum like not even on Polygon. but i think uh they're obviously going to build like uh, build the staking governance on multiple uh chains and we're probably going to see some kind of some things emerging from that uh, yeah
0: mm-hmm. yes that's very for you know i think it's usually they probably like the character, you know, governance by kind of a, you know, the format of like a doll. And uh, uh, Al, how do you think about, you know, Kurochem governance? What's your suggestion? What will be, how do you, you know, think the future will be for this Kurochem governance?
4: So if you're talking about um, like governance of smart contracts or DAOs, the trick there is that you're talking about identities that are actually key-based, so there's no identity that exists across chains, each identity only actually exists on the chain that it's on. Now that being said, you can have some public keys that are going to be compatible across multiple chains. So if you have like an ECDSA key from Ethereum, you can also use that on Polygon, Um, but when you kind of broaden the scope enough, then you end up with lots of chains that all have different keys. Uh, so we've been trying to do it quite lately. It's actually working on a DID standard that has multiple different blockchain keys compatible with it, um, so that you can actually personally have one identity. Um, and then the thing that we're trying to add on to that is the ability to have voting uh, that happens based on your DID instead of based on your local key for that chain. Um, and this is tricky because it means we have to verify non-Ethereum signatures on Ethereum contracts, for example, or non-RWE signatures on Arweave contracts, uh, in contrast. And in both of those cases, it means that you um, need to have a certain amount of off-chain computation that's possible so that you can verify all of these different signature formats and make sure that those people are allowed to vote, then tally the votes, and then write that result back on-chain. We're pretty excited about that. At this point, it's kind of, The same concept as the multi-signature validators when you're actually crossing a bridge, except you can also use them for, you know, something like verifying a vote, and you can verify all that vote data off-chain and then have everybody write a result back to the chain. Uh, So you kind of have a vote about whether or not the vote was correct, which sounds crazy, but it seems like these things actually work quite well. Um, If anyone's interested as well, we do have a, uh, it's called our task and audit handbook that we're going to be publishing in the next month or so. Um, and this will have basically a generic structure for how to implement these kinds of validator and audit techniques where you have like, you know, hundreds of thousands of validators for these sets, these sorts of activities.
0: I think we would like a copy of that. You know, when you pop that at me and or Leo too, you know, so uh, we will start that. And Leo, I'm not sure if you have something, you know, to share about it, like the crochet, uh... covers, you know. Yeah, or you
1: can mean, about um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I would just um talk a little bit about from my my, my side. Um, uh, I think uh it, it's too early to talk about the standards. And uh, as uh I think uh this kind of standard might only happen um currently um say in big chains uh like top like ten chains. Maybe they, they are probably. Uh, I, um, um, but they, uh, I don't know whether they, they really have the interest to do that uh, cross-chain because they want to protect their own assets um, from our point uh, we are very open and uh, you know um, in the end no matter what you do you are just uh, doing exchange all the files and data between different chains they um, say you, you your miners or uh, read from other endpoints say, let, let's say uh, if you are doing a cross-chain uh infrastructure and you gonna read the different data from different chains, right? So for example, you read data all from Infura because Infura is the um public endpoint of Ethereum. Say uh, if you save your cross-chain um data over Arweave and you're gonna probably read the data from Arweave endpoint, and we are trying to build a standard transmission um for all these data transmission layer and finally we're going to provide endpoint standard for all these retrieving uh, procedure of uh, different chain data so that's maybe uh, that's what we really want to do yeah thanks
0: to you sir i'm not sure Mike. yeah hello how do how you have any questions for oh, yeah for this but yeah, i mean
2: yeah.
0: So I think it's it's ended yeah. Um we'll be in touch and thank you everyone. Thank you, Michael.
3: Yeah, uh yeah, thanks everyone. Thanks.